I'm Mike McGinnis. And I'm also Mike McGinnis. And wow. this is No Quarter of the Classic Arcade Mike McGinnis Show. Wow, there's two of us. <laughs> Take it away, Mike. I wonder which one of us is going to be wittier. Hmm. I think it's going to be you. I'm going to make oh. you talk, do all the talking in this episode because of how much you love this game. It's going to be a real short episode then. <laughs> So this week's game, uh, we played Elevator Action. but And we loved it. Uh, well, one of us did. But we'll get one to that in just it. a minute. We've got feedback and some other stuff to talk about first. Feedback? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we care what other people think? Well, we like to pretend that we do. Okay, so that let's, let's pretend that we back. do. First of all, um, <laughs> our, our, our ugh, easy for me to say, our contest winner, uh, Sal Bugliarisi, wrote in. What did he have to say, Carrington? He ha- oh I don't have my email open. Oh. He said I, I'll, I'll paraphrase. He said I love your podcast. It's the best thing ever. That Carrington guy is clearly the star of the show and some other things. So he, <laughs> no, said, he said he said he wanted a blankie. So he said basically everything we already knew, right? <laughs> no, he said he wanted a blanket. Remember you, that, that part's true. What do you mean? He did you, want a blanket. What do you mean he wants a blanket? He wanted a blanket instead of what he won. See, what what we were giving away was from Think Geek. Mm-hmm. You had selected, I, I think, an awesome prize choice, which was the the uh, retro video game propaganda posters. Right. Yeah. Um, and he had said, "Awesome! I'm really happy to win. Could I pick something else?" <laughs> Ah, oh, well, apparently my pick wasn't that great then. I, well, he, went, he, he said he, he lives in Canada. Yay, Canada, go Canada. And, and he was thinking that maybe the Pac-Man blanket, this uh, big fleece Pac-Man blanket, would help him, uh, as he's put it, stay warm in his igloo. Um, and we, I figured, why not? We were just sending it directly from ThinkGeek, so why not just let him pick whatever he'd like? So we've sent him that instead. And the blanket was cheaper too, wasn't it? It was a little cheaper, so we saved our sponsor money, which is always nice. Or we pocketed the cash. Probably the latter. Yes. Uh, So congratulations, Sal, um, again, and thanks everybody else for, well, entering, I guess. Yeah, for entering and for listening and for for sending feedback and stuff. It is actually awesome. Uh, Rob O'Hara wrote into us. Rob is a a big-time podcaster. He's an author of Commodore, Sorted Tales from a BBS Junkie, and he also wrote a a, a book called uh, Invading Spaces, A Beginner's Guide to Collecting Arcade Games. He, uh, about a year ago, he was up to 30 arcade machines. Wait, Um, hold on. We haven't said everything about Rob yet. Rob also writes for print magazines and for the website, a few websites like Retroist, and he is on other podcasts, and he has his own podcast called oh, yes. You Don't Know Flack. Yeah, so he's... basically, people should stop listening to us and tune out and start listening to Rob. Well, pretty he's much, clearly yeah, much he's... more qualified. Well, he, he writes in here that he wasn't sure why our paths had never, ch- our, our paths had never crossed. It's simple, Rob. You're famous and we're not. <laughs> clearly, because Rob is, is much more capable of doing this podcast oh, than yes. we are. Yeah. Well, he even had yeah he even had thirty of his own arcade machine. Now he moved, so he's down to six. Ooh, you poor poor man, you. Um, so oh yeah, sorry, uh, <laughs> my my feet are getting wet. I'm I'm standing in the river. You're crying. Right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, he just wrote in to say that he enjoyed our podcast. He really likes your scoring tips. Um, he's worried about me dying of old age for some reason. Thanks and a lot. Call me a dirty cheater. <laughs> well, you are. Come on. Um, it was awesome email. And he extended an invitation to us if we ever make it down to Oklahoma City. Um, I guess they have a place called the 1984 Arcade. Well, we've talked. Um, I think that's isn't that the one we talked about? I don't know. Yeah, 1984. Wasn't that the arcade I said wasn't too far from Kansas Fest? Well, if it's if it's in Oklahoma City, it's a long way from Kansas Fest. 
I don't really know America. <laughs> I guess not. No. Isn't it all? The, is there more than one place? It's just America. <laughs> it's a melting pot. Yes, Can you have distance? It's it's a good day or two drive. From oh, Americans are always thinking their states are big. I'm from Canada. You're you. Oh yes, your Texas. provinces Texas are just, is nothing. It's it's a size thing, I guess. <laughs> totally. Uh, so yes, he's extended an invitation to us if we ever make it down that way uh, to go play arcade games with him for an afternoon so thank you rob um i can't say if or when we'll make it but if we do i'll look you up well but he said there's another one in uh fayetteville arkansas yes arkansas must be close to kansas because arkansas has kansas in it it does you would think so yes but so it's got to be nearby so i say we go there and we we challenge him well it's, this is american logic so you never know <laughs> I think we should play for games. We'll play for pinks. Sound- <laughs> I guess. Is that a thing? I don't know if that's Play a for thing. cabinets. <laughs> so speaking of, of Rob, mm-hmm. there's not really much of a segue, but we were talking earlier, five minutes ago, about how he, he's written a couple of books. Yes. Commodore, but it's got Commodore in it, so I'm not reading that one. But he's also got one called Invading Spaces, A Beginner's Guide to Collecting Arcade Games. And that sounded really appealing to me because I would like to collect arcade games. We, We've talked about it a few times, sort of hypothetically, like when we'll talk about a game, would this make it into our, you know, if we if we had a collection, would this be part of it? And I and I honestly am thinking along those lines, like playing these games has really got me thinking, I would love to have some, you know, to make space for it, just something. Sure. So it really appealed to me. So I, I went on his site and you can get it in, you know, printed properly published book copies but also just for a few dollars it's like three bucks or something like that you can get a pdf version so and i i snagged it i went online and, and bought myself a copy of the book i've downloaded it i've read the first chapter and a bit and i'm really digging it and i'm excited to uh, dive into the tips and hopefully it will make me a uh, a more wise and frugal video game collector when when i finally dip my toe in that nice mm-hmm. i uh, i actually have read his commodore book and uh, even though as an Apple II user, I'm obviously superior to him in every way. Uh, <laughs> obviously, of course. Well, um, the in all seriousness, in all seriousness, though, though the book was actually really good um, because growing up in the '80s, having an Apple II um, and a modem, uh, I spent a lot of time dialing up the BBSs. And even though his platform of choice is different than mine, the tales, the, the stories were similar, the experiences, and so it's it was a really good uh, book, and, and I highly recommend it. To anyone who grew up during that era with a personal computer or wanted to wants to know kind of what that felt like. Yeah, well, I'm really enjoying um, the little bit I've read so far about invading spaces. The first chapter opens with this uh, sort of scene of him and a friend going off to to get a game. And uh, even has a, what was the opening line? Great opening line. Um, love a good opening line in a book. It starts with, nine hours into my six-hour road trip, I decided MapQuest had lied to me. <laughs> it's a gr- and it really sets a scene for this rainy this rainy road trip where they go to, to pick up this, uh, this game. And he starts talking about it sort of like even when things go well, sometimes when you're when you're going to the logistics of picking up an arcade cabinet you know there's a lot to it we all dream about this idea of having these games but you know how do you actually go out and fetch one and safely get it from one place to another so it talks about that logistically and in a really good sort of story technique so i, I really enjoyed it so far cool um yeah, this, i would recommend it i've well, already got my three bucks worth this is this is one i'll probably skip um not because i don't want it but because i'm afraid that if i start reading it i'm going to start buying games 
buy, start buying cabinets, and, and that will probably end in divorce or something horrible like that. Um, but then you'd have all the more time to play. That's true. I would have a lot more I space. Just sit alone and sad <laughs> in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I. In all seriousness, this is this is one I'm going to pick up this week. And, uh, yeah, yeah, can't, yeah. For three bucks, you totally can't go. Oh wrong. yeah, can't wait to read it. Yep. Uh, is that it? Is that the end of our feedback? Do we have anything else? I think we should talk about Ken's email. I say it came in under the wire, even though you say it's too late. He wants to know if we'll ever review pinball tables. I don't see why we would. You don't see why we would. No. Why wouldn't we? Um, I don't know how to differentiate. One pinball table from the next when I'm talking to somebody in a non-visual podcast. I can totally see that. And also, uh, I don't have access to playing them, really. With MAME, I can play all these games like in my house. Whereas well, if we do pinball, I have to get off my butt and go actually do something. Well, there is, there is a, 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 um, an emulator called Pin MAME that's specifically supposed to emulate uh, tables, pinball oh. tables. Uh, but to me, for some reason, the I, I guess... Playing pinball is a lot more visceral experience than uh, arcade games. I can I can do away with a cabinet and still enjoy an arcade game, but playing a an emulated pinball table just isn't the same. Uh, I'm just not interested in doing that. I hear you. So I accept that answer. There are a couple of arcades in in the area local to me. Uh, I think I've talked about them before that do have. Uh, tables, but I don't know that I would make trips down there just just so that I could have stuff to talk about. So, right. And Ken had also asked. Speaking of which, Ken also asked um, for those of us unfamiliar, or sorry, for those of us familiar with the Denver area, what is the shop that you mentioned that sells cabinets? Did I mention a shop that sells cabinets? I think you went down to a place that sells cabinets that had the Gravitar machine. Oh right, yeah, they'll let you. They had all of their cabinets are for sale, but you can come in and play on them for a little while. Uh, I think the idea there is that they're hoping that they'll make a sale by letting you do that. You know, if you play all day, they'll kick you out. But uh, it's called the Game Exchange of Colorado. It's on the sixth West Sixth Avenue. For those that are familiar with the area, and they have Gravitar there. They have. Gra- uh, they did when I went in. Uh, they may have sold it one. by now. Um, but did they sell it to me? I don't know. Did they? No, they probably sold it to Rob O'Hara. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. So yeah, uh, Game Exchange of Colorado uh, in. Denver. Uh, I don't know if they have their own webpage or not. Do they have elevator action? They did. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, and actually, uh, they do have their own page. It's the leading. They call themselves the leading game room supply company um, in Colorado. It's GameExchange.biz. So talk to me, Mike, about elevator action. Your new favorite game. I really don't want to talk to you about elevator action. <laughs> You no, really I didn't like this game. I, huh? I, I did not like this game. Wow, that, um, I find that mind-bogglingly. You could shake well, my head and read letters. <laughs> it was. I just. I found the, the the action repetitive in a boring and, un, and and uninteresting way. It was not the kind of repetitive action that kept me wanting to come back. I played this game for for our podcast. Usually, I'll I'll spend several hours over the course of a week. You know, several nights getting ready to to talk about. The game for the podcast, I spent about 20 minutes on this one. So I'm going to get the high school. You're going to be doing most of the talking. So I love this game. I'm sure you do. And I selected this game, and this is my way of punishing you for letting me select the game. That will never happen again, (laughs) rest assured. See, I remembered playing this game um, years and years and years ago. Like, so I guess when it was, when it, 
uh, around the time it first came out. So I think that's 83 is when it came out. I would have played it in the uh, the mid-80s, something like that. And I really dug it um, as, as a... a you know, quote unquote kid. By then I was, you know, in my 60s. But um, <laughs> uh, I really liked it. And coming back to it now, I liked it just as much. This game, something about it I really, really enjoy. And I totally get that it is crazily simple. In fact, thinking about the game and what we would be able to talk about in the show, I was going to comment that visually, this is one of the, in a sense, blandest games we've played with. If you compare this against um, something like Xevious, it's crazy how how blocky and untextured this game is compared to that, or even compared to like the 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 visuals of Pac-Man are technically more interesting, and that's got fewer colors and just a little maze. And we just played a vector game that was you know more colorful than this and that kind of stuff. But but even though it's crazily simple, I found it I found it charming somehow. I I really enjoy playing it. Great, <laughs> he <laughs> says dismissively. Well, well, then why don't I tell people about the gameplay? Oh, yes, please do. <laughs> so here's Elevator Action. For those of you who have not yet been charmed by it, um, it takes place in a high-rise apartment building with, at first, one elevator and then later multiple elevators on this floor as you work your way down. You play Agent 17, who is codenamed Otto. And I only know those two things because I read them on the internet. In the game itself, that really wasn't something I... I I recognize. And it has this really neat sort of opening where you're seeing the, it's, it's a side, sort of a side scroller, but you're moving up and down. So it's a side view and you're at the top of this high rise building with an elevator in the middle and the elevator goes up to the roof. So it's got one of those little huts sort of that sticks up on the roof. And suddenly out of nowhere, a rope comes shooting down with a, a grappling hook on the front. It clamps to the, the, the roof. The rope tightens, and then down the rope scurries our hero, Agent 17, drops to the ground, looks left, looks right, gets in the elevator, and then the music begins, and so does the gameplay. How the gameplay works is you move up and down these elevators, and you're looking for red doors as you make your way down, basically, uh, I think it's a 30-story building. As you get lower and lower floors, there's um, increasing number of elevators. So you have less hallway and more elevator to work on. When you're moving in the hallways, you can walk back and forth. You can shoot with one of your buttons and you can jump with the other button. And you can also pull down to duck. There's bad guys who are shooting at you, and there's occasionally red doors. And so with the red doors, they'll have a little red mat in front of them. You stand on the mat facing the door. The door will open. Your character ducks inside. Then after a couple of seconds, your character comes back out, and he's got a dossier. He's got some documents. You get 500 points for that. So your goal is to find all these red doors as you make your way down the building using the elevators and also on the sides, sometimes using escalators, ducking, shooting, killing the bad guys, trying not to get shot. And when you make it all the way to the very bottom of the building, there's a sports car waiting for you in the basement. You hop in the sports car, you zoom off, you get a thousand point bonus, and then it starts again a little bit faster with the enemies a little bit smarter and um, basically the same building over and over again. But I still really enjoy it. I get that it's simple um, in a in a you know graphic way and also in a gameplay way, but there's something... Something I find a little charming about it. This I, I kind of can get zen about it and just shooting and ducking and I I really dig this game, Mike. Well, I, I think one of the one of the problems that I had. Well, I, I guess I had some technical issues and I don't know if it was the 
the the MAME, the stick calibration or the, the particular ROM that I was using, the red doors that you mentioned, you, you're supposed to just be able to walk up to them and they open and you go in and you, you get the document. Yep. I had a terrible time triggering that. Um, unless I was standing in exactly the right spot, it wouldn't open. If I overran it or tried to turn around and come back over it, it wouldn't open. Yeah, um, and for me, I had to be like sort of anywhere in that area and it would open up. Sometimes yeah. it would open even when I didn't want it to. So definitely a calibration issue, I think. Possibly. Um, and the other thing is this game doesn't really have an end. I mean, I was just reading about this. and No, it just goes. Yeah, and you never find out what you do with the documents. You just go from building to building to building. Um, and like I said, there wasn't a lot of, you know, sometimes the repetitive action is great because it's simple and, and it rewards you and makes you want to do this more. This didn't ever make me want to continue playing this. And I do think if this game had been put out by Atari, by Nintendo, especially Nintendo... I think it would have still had that same cool opening with the rope and stuff, but definitely you'd get to the bottom and you get it, and then something else would happen, or there would have been okay, the second building is a house instead, or most likely here's a monkey, maybe something like that. <laughs> yeah. But you would do something else, I think. Yeah, you're totally because most other game manufacturers, I think, would have had something else to it. This you sort of get into the middle of the game, and it, and it just keeps going. But for me, since I'm I might like the game, but I'm really bad at it, and I can't get through even three of these these levels. <laughs> It didn't feel like there was no ending. It just felt like I couldn't get to it. <laughs> so I, don't, I think if I was good and I started doing like 15 buildings, I'd start going, oh, it's repetitive. Yeah. I'd die too fast for this to be repetitive. I suppose. And maybe maybe that's it. I just found the, the gameplay rather shallow. There just wasn't a whole lot to do. I mean, As a shallow man myself, I could really, I like this game. Well, that's true. Um, and you'd mentioned that, that this was not put out by Atari or... Oh, I'm looking forward um, to this. I've always wanted to know how to pronounce this company's name. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, it was not put out by Atari or Nintendo or, or any of the, or um, Bally. This one was put out, and I've always pronounced it Taito. And, and Taito. The, the reason I pronounced it that way is because I heard it in a commercial uh, when I was very young for the home version of one of their arcade games. And See, when I was a kid, I heard the name of this company pronounced incorrectly. Somebody moved the I, and it was pronounced Tatio. And it's not, it's clearly not pronounced Tatio because no. the I comes before. But because I heard somebody call it that way, in my mind, I look at the word and I say, Tatio. It's not Tatio. <laughs> How is it pronounced? I can't. I could. I was like, is it Thai show? Is it Thai? So I just don't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced by that company that starts with a T. Yeah, that company, not Tendo. I could be, I, I could be wrong, um, but that's how I remember hearing it in the commercial. Um, I think you're right. The game came out in 1983, and from what I'm reading on the internet, it was one of the most popular games in 83. Oh, yeah, um, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it had a, uh, a 3 megahertz M68705 CPU. Ooh, that's a lot of megahertz. It had two Z80 CPUs, one at 4 megahertz, one at 3 megahertz, and it had four, count them, four AY38 910A sound chips. Wow, that's uh, yeah. that's kind of funny. It has a decent little song that plays, but yep. not a lot of sound in this. Yep, it had the that's standard uh, standard vertical CRT uh, two fifty six by two twenty four uh, one channel sound uh, two player um, game that you played. Uh, a two, it was a it was a two player game that uh, you play one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we'll... I never really think of those as two-player games. That just means you take turns. That's <laughs> yes. not really two-player. There you game. go. So let's let's get down to brass tacks here. What was your high score? My high score. I have a remarkably round number high score. I got twenty-two thousand and nothing. Wow. Yeah, two two zero zero zero. That's a decent high score. I thought it was. That's as good as one can do. Not making it to the basement three times. <laughs> 
Because I would do pretty well. I would kill lots of bad guys. I would get all the documents, and that's as high as your score gets until unless you can do the building more than three times. Yep. What did you get, Mike? More than ten? Uh, more than ten points? Yes, I did get more than ten points. Um, <laughs> in the fifteen minutes that I played, I racked up a, a, a massive grand total of three thousand three hundred points. That is very small. Yes, it is. And I could <laughs> I could not care less. <laughs> I will never play this game again. Oh, poor, poor, <laughs> poor Otto. So, Agent Seventeen will miss you. Yes. Uh, so if I was if I was in an arcade and I had a twenty dollar bill that I had just turned into to quarters, not a single quarter would go into this game. <laughs> I I would be spending money on this game. I dig this game. I really like it. Uh, I find that the play is like we were saying. It's it's remarkably simple, but there's some subtlety to it. Like once you get, like once you get a machine that will actually let you go in the doors, <laughs> then and we move past that point. There's some things like I would I would sort of laugh sometimes when I would die. Like first of all, I played this at, like I said as a kid, but I wasn't that familiar with it. And I didn't remember that the bad guys could be sort of tricked into falling down the elevator shaft. You can bring an elevator near them and then kind of move it, <laughs> and then they just walk and they tumble down. It's a really satisfying way to kill the bad guys. Oh, that's and, funny. Um, uh, you you can I was saying how earlier how you can you pull down the joystick and you can duck. Or you can press the button to jump, and with your jump is a kick, so you can kick bad guys too and kill them. So you kill them with one kick; it's kind of cool. But I would I would get burned sometimes in the elevator because when you're in an elevator, up and down move the elevator, and so that's how you control the elevator. So if you're in an elevator, mm-hmm. you can't duck because if you pull down, it just moves, it just moves the elevator, down, right. and that's okay sometimes because you can move the elevator down and you can avoid bullets that way. But if you're at the bottom of a floor, like where an elevator can't go any lower, and someone shoots at you and you pull down to duck, you're just taking a bullet in the face. <laughs> so I, I would die that. So many times I would forget I can't duck when I'm in the elevator. So I, I lost a lot there. So a, a good tip would be remember you can't duck in an elevator. I, can't, I, 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 I would never remember that. So it's a good tip for other people. Words to live by, kids. Um, oh, and you can shoot the lights. Like, isn't that a cool feature? Like, in, when you're in the elevator, listen, listen to this one, kids. Um, the, each level is illuminated by lights hanging from the ceiling. And mm-hmm. when you're going down an elevator, you can position yourself so that when you shoot, your bullet kind of goes along the ceiling and it'll hit one of the lights and it'll shoot it off the wall or off the ceiling and it'll drop and smash to the ground and it darkens the floors for a little while. So you see the bad guys in silhouette and it's kind of cool. Well, that's a nice, and you get nice um, feature. 50 points uh, extra each time you shoot somebody in a dark floor. It took me a while to figure out, like, what's the advantage? So you get 100 points if you shoot them in the light, but you get 150 points if you shoot them in the dark, so you get more points that way. Does it help you at all as far as them being able to track you down? Uh, no, they could always shoot me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know what, maybe, but I, I think this game isn't really that... It's not like Xevious, where we were seeing all these subtle things where they would come at you or run away, or it, it doesn't have nearly that kind of AI. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, there were... Two uh, sequels to this game, both released in 1994, Elevator Action 2 and Elevator Action Returns. Uh, It did make the killer list of video games, uh, their top 100 video game list. It is on there. Um, I'm not sure why. Uh, I am sure. I was poised, waiting for the comment. No, I'm sure that I am in the minority here, so you guys can go ahead and send the hate mail directly to Carrington. No, send the hate mail to you. (laughs) It's Elevator Action, your Agent 17, codename Otto, Master Spy Extraordinaire. Your mission? To penetrate security, locate all secret documents, and make your escape to a waiting getaway car. Make your way through the building using the elevators or the stairs, find secret documents behind red doors, avoid or immobilize the enemy agents, or if you must, 
Eliminate them. We must have all secret documents. It's up to you now, Agent 17, in elevator action. Uh, this game, this game has been ported quite a bit. Um, it's been, it showed up on many of the um, home computers of the day, including the ZX Spectrum, the um, the Amstrad, the MSX, the Commodore 64, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Game Boy, and the Sega SG-1000. Now, was there an Apple II version? Because I don't remember there being one. Uh, there was not, no. Uh, there, a port was planned for the Atari 2600, but it never released. Uh, a prototype of the game was illegally published by CGE, Corpor- uh, CGE Services Corporation and sold uh, at the Classic Gaming Expo in 2001. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, Sony did release a mobile version of this game. There was a remake released by Square Enix called Elevator Action Deluxe, which was lo- released on the PlayStation Network in, in 2011. Um, interestingly, it showed up on Palm OS as Agent Z and Agent Z2. Oh. Um, yeah. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. So uh, in 2007, 505 Games released a similar game called Spy Games Elevator Mission. Um, in in the United States and Europe, it was called Elevator Combat. The port to the Game Boy included the ability to acquire different weapons, such as a machine gun that fired more rapidly. That would actually um, add to the game. That could I could see spice would, it up if, yeah. if it had more things you could collect or whatever. And right. Yep. So uh, yeah, it's this is as you said. It may not have a, a deep history like some of the games that we've talked about do, but it's certainly there's a legacy there, and I'm sure that a lot of people like it. I am not one of them. Yeah, it's funny because it has been ported a lot, and it does seem that a bunch of people do really like this game. I'm included. But I, I was looking around the net, too, to see like you know what sort of tips or what sort of you know neat things I could find, and there really isn't much. Like This isn't a game with a big backstory the way Xevious had. Like, there's no, there no novel there. It isn't a game that, that had that massive cultural impact the way we were talking about Pac-Man having and stuff. There, this game didn't seem to sort of spread out from just the game itself. Like I think it's a really good game, but it seems to be just, you know, at the end of the day, this was just a game. Right. I still think it's a good one. Yep. Um, you're familiar with Jason Scott, of course. Of course. Uh, a while back, he uploaded 1,700 um, PDF version. Oh, yeah? Uh, Name them. <laughs> 1,700 different uh, manuals for classic arcade games to archive.org. Elevator Action is one of those manuals. You can get it there and, and download the PDF, or you can pay money for it on eBay if you want. If you're looking to buy a stand-up arcade version of this game, um, it doesn't look like it's that hard to get a hold of. Uh, the the Video Arcade Preservation Society has lists this as very common among their members. There are 167 known instances of this machine owned by collectors. Uh, 68 of them are original dedicated machines. 19 are conversions. Um, there are eight currently uh, for sale through the Video Arcade Preservation Society. Um, and if you just want the circuit board, there are 10 people selling those. So this is not something that's difficult to get a hold of. That sounds very intriguing yeah. to me. I didn't know people kept track of that sort of thing. Yes, if you go to the arcade-museum.com forward slash VAPS, V-A-P-S, that's the Vintage Arcade Preservation Society page. Well, I'm going there right now. There are 7,100 members in 71 countries. A total of 80,597 machines are listed. Um, and it looks like a great place to buy, sell, and trade um, machines. Oh, and look at this. I can download the owner's manual and stuff, and and it talks about various f- books you could find photos in. Wow, this is a nice little site. It is, yes. I stumbled across this this week while I was trying to find information about this game. Uh, and the great thing is that membership is free. 
doesn't, and doesn't you can look up dime. games by like just by type, by name. By wow, this yep. is a fantastic. If we had show notes, we would certainly link to this. Site. <laughs> we would, <laughs> yes, but we don't. <laughs> but we don't yeah. <laughs> type your own stuff. Yeah. Well, that's pretty fantastic. So I like this. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I I think kind of like the the gameplay itself. I don't know that I have much more to say about this. It just feels there like... is nothing more one can say about elevator action other than it's fun. It's the perfect game not to play. <laughs> so um, it's not a good slogan. <laughs> so that brings us to our um, next game. Oh. And oh, we'll, it's time for the sound of more games. It is. I love, the, I love the guessing sound game time. Yes, and we'll play a little clip right now. So if you think that you know what that game is, you can play I know what it is. You do. I do. Well, don't spoil the surprise for anyone else. Do I win a blanket? No. No, I'm afraid you don't. Don't spoil the surprise for anyone else. But uh, I won't. uh, You can play along with us if you know what it is. And if not, stay tuned. And And you'll uh, find out in a week. We'll talk about it next week. Fantastic. Well, thank you for podcasting with me, Mike, on the Mike McGinnis Show starring Mike McGinnis. Uh, Thank you, strange person that I've never met before. And I will talk to you soon. All right, Carrington. Have a nice week. (laughs) You too. Bye, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback to the show can be sent to noquarter at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet productions, all the original material in this episode has been released to the public domain. 